3: Hello and welcome to season two, episode three of the Guitar Nerds podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hi. Matt Knight. Hello there.
1: And JD Short. Oh, hi, I didn't see you there.
3: Exactly. Well, that is it. This is, we uh, were on to episode three of the uh, second season of the Guitar Nerds podcast.
0: Of course, this. Still running with f- that gag then. S- yes, <laughs> <laughs> as, as
3: shall be until 10 episodes' time, and then it will be season three. Anyway. What? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 I, thought be, it was,
0: I thought it was a full year.
3: It's a full year. It's a full year. Each season oh, okay. is a year. It's uh, Yeah, that's how it's going to be. Anyway, each uh, month in 2021, we're donating to a new charity. This month, dear listener, we're donating to helpmusicians.org.uk. And we thoroughly recommend you checking them out as well. A wonderful charity put in place to help uh, all the musicians who are, you know, down on their luck with... uh, with all of the restrictions and the lack of live music or touring or anything, there are some really great kind of emergency funding things that help musicians are doing. So go and check that out. Now, uh, this week, last week, we were, uh, we were talking uh, a lot about Nam 2021, which didn't happen, not in the real life, not IRL, but of course it did happen on the Tinternet with Believe in Music. We spoke about a lot of the things that, um, that had come out last week. But of course, it was only Monday, the first of five days in Believe in Music last week. So more things have come out, less than I'd hoped for. I mean, there was, you know, last week I was like, oh, there's so much stuff. This is actually good. This is okay. I can deal with 2021. But then, there, you know, there hasn't been a, a, a fantastic follow-up. Still some really good, interesting things. So we're going to try and get through. Just,
4: there'll be more of a constant stream rather mm-hmm.
0: than, mm-hmm. you
4: know. yeah, oh, rather yeah It's going to be
0: great for... Filling out uh, the news section of the podcast this year. <laughs> exactly,
4: <laughs> it means we're going to have things to talk about all year, rather than constantly referring back to the things that happened, you know, six months ago. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, exactly. And uh, and uh, of course, you know, welcome to JD back onto the uh, the main Guitar Nerd's podcast. JD's been co-hosting the Bass Guitar Nerd's podcast with us, and of course, appeared on on some NAM episodes back in two thousand eighteen.
1: A long time ago. Long yeah, time? it's been a bit. Yeah. Yeah,
3: exactly. So, uh, yeah, so thank you for rejoining the team this week. Uh, and also, uh, welcome to Carl Hinkle, who joins us uh, at the $5 tier on our Patreon. Hello, Carl, and welcome. Hi, Joe. Um, <laughs> oh,
4: oh, I, Guest I didn't host. That's how
3: this works. <laughs> Guest host.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Guest host, Carl. Is yes. that Carl with the C or Carl with a K? Uh, with a C. Okay.
3: With a C. With a C. C. Now, before we get started on uh, any of the uh, Nam news from 2021, I got sent... do you, you remember we did a little discount voucher with this company a little while ago, and I finally got hold of... C- Stompbox, The Brick, the the book set of uh, of the vintage and rarities and the, the Stompbox book itself. I was uh, I, I am enjoying it greatly. Dear listener and co-host, I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend getting it. So it's heavyweight, massive, hard back, could kill
4: a person if thrown. It's... Uh, Joe Branton in the studio with The Brick. Yeah. <laughs> book. Uh my question for you, Joe, is where yes. is this
0: book where's this book living so far? Is it in your like office? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, live living under the 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 pretense that you're gonna pick it up and read it occasionally when you, you know when you're trying not to work? Is it in the living room because it feels like a sort of coffee table book? Mm-hmm. Uh is it in the toilet because you know that's also the sort of place you read a coffee table book. Or has it been relegated to the kitchen to be used as a tofu press, which is um, what i tend to do with <laughs> very heavy books like that i buy yes. them because i'm like oh this is cool i'm gonna love reading this and then it just ends up in the kitchen pressing tofu so yeah. you know
3: that's uh yeah there, there's well currently it is in the office i would i did think this is a good toilet read book mm. but um but i'm currently trying to top my score of three marbles left on the table in marble solitaire whenever i go to the bathroom you so, still haven't uh, solved that yet well, I can't get it down to one in the middle. I think three is not bad. I don't um, know what this just, is. It sounds good, though. Yeah, you know, Marble Solitaire is a great. It's a wonderful game. It's a wonderful game. Peg Solitaire to JD, I, I think. That's I think the American version has pegs.
1: Don't know. Don't know.
3: I think there was a... Uh, there is a there is some form of chain of American restaurant that uh, that has Peg Solitaire, like, out on the tables for you to play. Oh, yeah, oh, McDonald's. Crack,
4: cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. Uh. Is there you that, go. I think I, Joe. Mean, I, uh, so I, t- I think I still remember the um, the algorithm to solving it. Oh, really? You yeah. can solve yeah, marble yeah, yeah. solitaire. Yeah, Matt. Really? Yeah. I don't want you to teach me,
3: but you know, I'll get there eventually. I me hope. and my nan used to do it all the time.
4: Oh, it's such a good game. <laughs> Once we'd worked so, out how so to good good do game. it, you just sit down and do it every time because you just That's like the oh, yeah, just follow the yeah. Once you've unlocked it, you've sort of ruined the game. It was like, but my, anyways, it was like my mate with the Rubik's cube. Once he worked out the algorithm. Or read the algorithm to solve Rubik's cube and then memorized it. Yeah, Pretty straightforward after
1: that. I I, yeah, I, just, I, th- I, think the idea of like having that the Stumbug's book in the toilet with you is, is like a safety measure, and that it really keeps you like sort of off your phone and off like, you know, like sites looking for those pedals because uh, it's, yeah, it's true. It's such a it's such a big book you have to kind of like balance properly. It is. It feels it feels intentional.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe
3: that is where I should put it. But no, it has been in the office and I have been I have been reading it over the last few days flicking through, more flicking through and like finding cuz cause, cause on on every glossy page you get a nice big picture of some weird vintage but I've been flicking through vintage and rarities cuz that was, you know, the mo- more inter- more interesting to me than hearing sort of celebrity guitarists say what their fado- favorite pedals were. I wanted to see the vintage and rarities stuff and uh uh, I've been flicking through, finding a pedal that I've never seen before, and then reading about it, which has been wonderful. Um, today, I was reading about the nineteen seventy-one Rands RM twenty-nine Resley machine, um, which what is was that? well, it's a copy of the Maestro PS one, the you know the the phase shifter, um, uh, and so it was a Japanese company called Shinny who mm-hmm. capitalized on on kind of making the the resley machine and and the 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 reason it's it's called resley was uh, an unfortunate japanese phonetic garbling of the word Leslie. oh um, really which okay. is yeah which is why it ended up with an r but um but it, 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 you know reading kind of all that information you think about how how pedals started and how uh, i guess how still separate around that time um sort of the the movements of of music were between kind of you know Japan America and the UK and how everyone was advancing at different at, at different paces with the gear that was available and this was kind of the start of you know as Japan would go on to then absolutely dominate taking american designs and making them more affordable without sacrificing any of the quality um, but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed reading about that. That looks absolutely fantastic. I need I need a, a Leslie Sim in my life. And I was reading, of course, about another Japanese pedal, the Yamaha SB100, which we've talked about before, Matt, I believe, on the podcast, which was... Uh um, the SB100 was Yamaha's first version of, like, a, a modular um, multi-effects, so a master board that you'd then buy the individual uh, modules for, for yes. Octava Compressor, the Limiter, Distortion, Chorus. Uh, and then those were all the single pedals, and they also did, like, double-sized pedals that you could... One double size pedal that would fit in along the top of the unit, um, which they had, like, analog delay and a couple of other, like, a reverb things that were would require more controls, potentially. Um, right.
4: But, yeah, as, just... As used by just, Tony Levin in King Crimson in 1981, as per oh, his reverb
3: listing. Oh, really? There you go. But that's the thing that I love about this book is, you know, it is obviously wonderful just scrolling through the pages of reverb and finding weird, interesting things, but you don't always get the story, and then sometimes you end up kind of, you know i guess googling as much as you can to sort of dig up on these old pedals and uh, it's just really nice to have it all in one very coherent place and being able to learn about these things and find your next obsession um so yeah i, I thoroughly recommend the stomp books brick or you know just the vintage and rarities i, I bloomin love the vintage and rarities book it's very cool just depressing so many
4: things you'll never be able to get. <laughs> yeah,
3: that is that is also true. Uh, um, that is also true. Oh, well, anyway, we should uh, we should talk about some some news uh, related things. Some Nam news. Let's uh, let's start the ball rolling with you, Matt. This was something you wanted to talk about last week, and we never we never actually got round to it on the main episode. But one of your favourite effects brands yes. have uh, brought something interesting to the table.
4: Yes. Um, yeah, brand that well, we've we've talked about since episode one uh, of the Guitar Nerd's podcast, uh, Pigtronics. Um, not necessarily quiet on the pedals front. Um, I think the Affinity Infinity Two was the only new thing I remember from last year, which was there double looper um and i didn't realize that basically everything in their product range apart from one pedal and the this new infinity looper is actually a mini pedal so they've done away with all of the old stuff and they've moved to a mini pedal format always were a company
3: that went for odd shapes you know this sort yes. of uh, like well, slender but wide
0: compressors
4: yeah. that they used to do yeah
0: and like the-, the philosopher's tone mm. was uh like kind of MXR size. Yes, it? it's
4: it's hor it's well it's it's horizontal rather than vertical. Well, I mean, well, no, well, they, that's they, where, they...
0: that's the way the graphic goes. That's not the way you need to put it on your board. Oh, true. what oh, you are saying,
4: yeah. I hate pedals. I, I've got one on my board at the moment that's not the pedals. right way up. He hates pedal. you hate hate pedals. You <laughs> hate You Heard That aren't the right way up. I've bought new bad? pedal boards. Just say my pedals are the right way up. Why does it matter, though? Oh, because, it is. no, it's... Yeah, but, Jay, you're, you, you, you know, you gig. You don't have to look at your pedal board. I have to look at it all day. <laughs>
0: uh, Matt, it's <laughs> 2021. Nobody gigs. What are you talking
4: about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, Pigtronics um, have released three... Three brand-new pedals. Um, the Moonpool, the uh, Constellator, and the Space Rip. Um... So the Moonpool is their Tremvelope Phaser, which I think is probably a reimagining of the Tremvelope uh, with a little bit of a mix of the old, very first Pigtronics phaser. Um, so effectively you have a phaser and a tremolo in one box that you can then kind of uh, blend between and then you have a dynamic control. Um, So you can then control how fast or how slow each moves based on the velocity of your playing. So you've got a four-stage VCA-based phaser and a variable bias tremolo. Uh, So bias uh, trem is based more on the um, push and pull of the power into the valves rather than up and down. In volume, um, and you can run them as standalone effects, or yes, you can uh, you can sort of mash them up into one new effect, which is very very cool. Um, looks amazing. Mm. Gone for a whole bunch of new graphics and new designs on the website. The color palette is fantastic. It's sort of a pink a mauve and a white um so i'm really into that the moon pool um priced at around 179 dollars oh really so i mm-hmm. think very very reasonable uh and very very solid if it's the same uh, chassis they're using um as they have on their other mini pedals like the philosopher's tone mini uh they they do feel like mini bricks so uh, that's very good um The Space Rip is, as they describe it, an analogue synth buzzsaw. Oh, yes. Uh, So this is a fully analogue synth pedal that's basically a um, pulse-width modulated sawtooth and square wave in multiple octaves. Um, So it's giving you that sort of fattest sort of single synth note Uh, lines. It's got apparently relatively fast tracking, so obviously it'll track sort of all the sort of uh, single note lines that you want to play and yeah, you can replicate both pitch and dynamics. They said, sounds like tearing the fabric of space-time in half. (laughs) Yes! Uh, Which is very, very cool. Uh, And then there's an additional sub-control which adds an additional octave down, um, so you can go for that really meaty synth tone. Again, Fantastic colour palette here. We're looking at sort of uh, a light green, a forest green, and a black. Um, I'm into it. I think it's very, very cool. Um, But yeah, something if you want that sort of analogue vibe, um, if they do an analogue synth already, the Mothership, this is just, I'm guessing, a scaled-back version of that. Uh, And then this one, I'm very excited about, the the Constellator, which is their Modulated Analogue Delay. Oh,
3: now we're talking.
4: Yes, so if I remember rightly, they... Obviously, Pictronics and Supro are quite closely tied, and there was a Supro, Supro analogue delay, which was designed by Howard Davis, who, n- sure, most people won't know, but he was the designer of the original Deluxe Memory Man. So, the Supro delay was very much based on that sort of old Deluxe Memory Man design. And whether he's had a hand in this i don't know i've watched a couple of the demos and it's got that deluxe memory man feel so what you've got here is an all analog 600 millisecond delay uh delay pedal um with modulation uh so you know you're going from sort of they reckon tape tape like saturation when pushed to the limit um but what's very very cool is yeah there's this feel control yeah what is the feel control it's like a little is it a rotary or is it a button no i I think it's just a button um So, the field oh, toggle adjusts several parameters simultaneously for an additional colouring of LFO modulation. Mm, okay. um, and then, yeah, using uh, Bucket Brigade chips. I don't know what chips they're using, but I'd imagine it's probably the X5 chip, which is in most things at the moment. Um, let me just check. Actually, that's a lie. They're actually using a Panasonic one, which is um, pretty good. So, Panasonic, I think we're making some of the original um, BBD chips before. And for those uh delay fanatics um it also increases the power um to 15 volts so you get a little bit more headroom that's one of the joys of the old electroharmonics deluxe memory man is it's 24 volt um so you get a ton of headroom so i'm super super excited about this same price as the others 179 in dollars that's in very dollars. yeah that's, so that's an aggressive price point point. i'm excited yes. about these yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm super keen for this one. I think this could be a real winner. Um, so yeah, that's that's all the Pigtronic stuff. But very very cool. Good to see him sort of uh, coming out with a bunch of new stuff. It feels like yeah. they haven't come out with a new pedal, you know, looper. You know, it's pretty cool, but I haven't come out with a new... They've been quiet, haven't they? For, for a brand
3: that used to really lead the way, they have been a little quiet, so it's nice to see new things. I had no idea until we, we've obviously gone through the pedals now that the bulk of what they're doing is now mini pedals. I thought they were doing the mini pedals in addition to, not...
4: No, um yeah, so just for anyone, you know, who just wants a quick refresher, Philosopher's Tone, uh, the Octava, uh, which is their octave fuzz, the Gatekeeper, um, the Philosopher's Tone, Germanium, and Dysnaution and Class A Boost are now all in mini po- uh, pedal format. The only thing slightly bigger than that are the Mothership 2 and the resitron They did have the- a ring modulator as well, but I think that has also been discontinued, which is a bit of a shame, but I'm guessing maybe potentially not a super popular seller. The, the Mothership mm. 2 used to...
3: Um, that used to be massive. And yeah, it does, yeah. The original does, mothership
4: was huge.
3: Yeah. And they've managed to get this onto a normal pedal size, but it looks like with a lot of concentric
4: controls. Yes. Yes. Um, so every, basically every control on there is concentric, but it's still full analog, which is awesome. Oh, that's um, very cool. So, yeah, full three voice analog synth, priced at 249 So, again, very, very competitively priced, I would say.
3: Mm, indeed. Quite so. Cool. Cool additions from Pigtronics. Uh, absolutely. Um, okay and next up on the nam news we're going to return to fender fender really really bringing out the big guns this nam it feels like they haven't stopped releasing stuff there's been so many new ranges from squire and fender and also some real kind of gear of the year contenders as well but one thing we didn't speak about last week was amplifiers fender amplifiers i'm not sure they'd landed yet when we were talking about them but jay talk to me about what Fender have offered in the new in in the way of amplifiers?
0: Yeah, so there's three new amps that came out this year. Um, first up is a couple of additions to the uh sixty eight range, which is you know a range that we've always really liked. When they first brought those out with the uh the twin and the deluxe, it was just kind of a a slightly cheaper slightly different flavour to what you would expect from the 65 so this is the the 68 so the silver panel with the blue writing as opposed to the black panel with the the white writing that you would expect on the on the 65s so in the 68 range there is going to be a um a brand new 5 watt uh vibra champ which oh, is yeah cool really cool yeah 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 so five watt Vibra champ um now what you've got with that is uh, a 10 inch speaker um with uh proper uh, tube uh, uh, vibrato, obviously, and then there is also a um, like a digital reverb has been added oh, to that.
3: Now it's a digital reverb. Oh, well, well I it, am sure so, it's going to be fantastic. I was just yeah, like, oh, I, mean, I
0: wanted it to be like all a, a big spring reverb. I mean, yeah. interestingly, it's the reverb that's in there is actually a hall reverb. so oh, really? I, I guess the so it's the reverb from the marine layer, the the Fender uh, reverb pedal, oh, and I guess very the, cool. the reason that it's the the, the, the they've gone with the Um, the whole reverb is, you know, the, probably this is going to be used by people at home, but you wanted to sort of, you know, bring in that kind of big empty room that you usually play in when you're, uh, when you're, (laughs) I mean, if your band's anything like mine, then, you know, you want to, you want to be able to simulate that like large empty room. So I assume that's why they've gone with that. Uh, but yeah, really, really cool. Um, it's cool to see something that's, um, uh you know a, a kind of another kind of premium style small amp um which i think will i think will be really popular but um, two band the- eq
3: no no uh, master volume very cool
0: yeah i think it's going to be i think i i think i i'm really interested in this i think it's going to be a very very cool amp but um the one that i think uh podcast listeners will be more interested in is the new 68 custom pro reverb. Um so uh pro reverbs haven't really been or, or well pros as a whole haven't really been available um properly for for a long time. I mean the the original pros of the 60s and 70s were two by tens and um there have been uh there was a I, I think a I think there was maybe a Tweed, like a 57 Pro available at one point. Um, But uh, this is uh, kind of, along with a lot of the other amps within the 68 range, it's kind of, that's considered like the vintage modified. So it's bringing, like changing a couple of bits with the old style of amps and bringing them into modern usability. And um, so this is turned from a a 2x10 into a single 12, so a 1x12. And it has got a Celestia Neo Cream back in. um, And uh, it's a 40-watt. It's got proper tube trim. It's got proper spring reverb. um, It's also got a mid-control, which is something that the old pros never really had. Um, But basically, this is like half of a twin. So if you want the sound of a twin but you don't want a twin because they're massive, this is essentially a
4: one by 12 version of that. I, I'm surprised I went with the Neo speaker, but I'm guessing just to keep the weight down?
0: Yeah, I, I assume so. I mean, I, I don't see why you wouldn't. Those Neo cream backs, they just they sound so good. I mean, those are the speakers that are in... You see those in a load of amps, actually, and there's another amp I'm going to be talking about. Uh, later on, if we've got time, which is uh, also using the cream back, but um, you know Creambacks are in the tone masters. They're in, they're in all sorts of things, and I think they sound great. I really, really like the Neo Creambacks Um I, I don't see why you wouldn't use them.
1: Mm.
4: Yeah, I, I think that it, they're a bit of a Marmite speaker. I think some people really like the Neo stuff, and some people don't. You know, but you know, cause is because is that because like they this.
0: they're like? I mean, whenever my my opinion of all, of them has always been, just like they're kind of. Like, they take gain really well. They take drive pedals really well.
4: Yeah, um, I, I'm guessing, you know, some people with a better ear than maybe maybe me um, are – the magnets are different. They react with the amp differently, so it makes the amp respond differently. Okay. Um, but – to be honest, um, uh, and we've always been on this podcast. If you plug it in and it sounds good, then then why does it matter? Yeah. Then great. Yeah. Um, you know, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't not buy st- if you were. It, w- it was like when you know we'd sell something to someone in store, and they'd be like, "I've got to have this, 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 and this," and they plug it in, and we, oh, this is amazing. And then we're like, "Oh, it doesn't have this." You know, nine times out of ten, they'd be like, oh, "Actually, it doesn't really matter." Yeah, Occasionally, yeah, you get, yeah, yeah. "Oh, well, no, I don't want to buy it." And it's like you just said, it's the best guitar I've ever played. Yeah, you know, oh, well, it doesn't have the. Uh, the 5105 frets on it. So, you know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, would you be able to refret this for me if I was to buy it today? <laughs> for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I mean I think those are gonna be I think there's gonna be really cool. The Pro I think will be great. Oh, personally, I, I'm really interested in the champ, but I think the pro will be a really good kind of like pedal platform type amp. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I, I think those are gonna be those are gonna be popular. The other one, um, and I you know, I've realized we talked a lot about Fender. So I'll I'll keep this brief, but the other one that's again just something a little bit different is the Mustang Micro. Um so this is the newest addition to the Fender uh Mustang series of kind of like practice amps. And um I think this is going to be a a a real popular product. So the Micro is a um uh, a headphone amp essentially. So it's um it looks like the, uh, in terms of kind of the size and shape, like the, the Vox Amplugs, that that type of um, design. So,
3: so it's a little module that goes on the end of a jack sort of thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. And um, But with it, it's, it's actually got quite a lot going on inside. So you've got 12 different Amp models. Um, oh, so it's
3: a stripped back version of the GT. So it doesn't have like all the stuff from the GT
0: correct yeah that's right yeah so there's no like um ex- you haven't got the accessibility through like the app or anything like that it's right oh here. right i see um so you've got 12 different amp models which do come from the uh from actually from the gtx which is the amp the like the range of practice amps that launched last year uh so 12 amp uh, amp models from there um and four five different eq settings for each of those ah, so it's just like got... a
3: master eq suite rather than you yes, adjusting yeah, like yeah, bass yeah. middle and treble it's
0: correct yeah so you've got an eq control on there which basically the eq has got plus or minus so basically there are preset eqs within um like so if you go on 65 twin for example you can uh, cycle through five different preset sounds it's not just a case of going more tone more tone I less see. tone lots more tone you know there's there's five different presets in there um and then there's also uh 12 or 13 um options for effects but rather than it being just a case of okay you can choose a reverb or you can choose a delay or you can choose a chorus what they've actually done is they've built um 12 different effects chains so there's a selection of if you do just want a reverb that's on there if you do just want a delay that's on there but if you want like um uh like uh flange and reverb that's on there if you want chorus delay and reverb that's on there um if you want um i don't know tremolo and reverb like with the tree verb that's so there's like it's designed to be like pedal boards almost as opposed to just individual pedals um so i think that's going to be really uh you know that that's a cool way to just um push those push those around and then you've also got with that, uh, six, I think, different presets for the effects, um, on each of, uh, those choices as well. And it's a hundred quid. Uh, I think it's, I think it's less than a hundred quid. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really popular. You've got, um, Bluetooth in as well. So you can, uh, stream along, uh, you can hook it up to Spotify or whatever, and then play along with that. And yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's going to be mega. I mean, we all saw how popular the the Wazza headphones were. And in fact yeah. Mark isn't here today, but he was talking he just got some and he's been he was telling us about how much he loved those. And I think it's just people are looking for a way to play guitar like that, you know, without oh, annoying the people that you live with.
4: Well, and exactly. uh, I
0: think this is gonna be another option for that. I think it's gonna be really cool.
3: Yeah, this is kind of the time, isn't it, for for yeah. products like like this to do very well. Of course the 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 Wazza headphones slightly uh, you know, preceded any lockdowns or pandemics and just got very lucky with that product. But uh, um, yeah, this is this is exactly what people are, are going to want to get their hands on. Very cool. And, you know, all the GT stuff is great. I'd love it if I could access an entire GT off of, you know, a handful of buttons yeah. on a little jack switch. But I appreciate the limitations <laughs> of that. Um, yeah, this seems like a, a really cool Yeah, I mean, for, for
0: like... Less than a hundred quid, I think it's a yeah. good compromise. Yeah,
3: so yeah, absolutely, yeah. Cool. very cool. Now Gibson, Gibson have also been uh, releasing a whole bunch of stuff. They've announced their entire lineup, and we're going to actually be talking about the. Um, the 2021 Gibson lineup a lot more on the Patreon episode of this podcast over at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, but before we do that, JD, I do want to talk about a really quite wonderful addition to the Gibson bass lineup.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. That, the new Gibson non reverse Thunderbird bass that's been reissued. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. I'm assuming that's what you want. To yes, talk that about. is absolutely worth. Yes, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I mean these look these look excellent. And so, uh, if anyone's familiar with the sort of Thunderbird body shape, the the idea here is with the non reverse is that they really just sort of feel like a a more traditional kind of offset look. Like when you see them, it, and they just feel very, very classy, very classic. Um, they're all mahogany, uh, two Thunderbird pickups, come in three colors, the Inverness Green, Pelham Blue, which is classic, which is what they used to have as well, and then a sparkling burgundy, uh, which I'm really into. Honestly, the Inverness Green and the Pelham Blue are, considering if you only have three colors, those two are very similar, Yeah, I think, when you look at them, but I mean, in the sense that it would, they're both great and it would be really tough to pick. But I think, like, you know, for – to really just get, a, you know, an all-mahogany, rosard board, set-neck Gibson, you know, and, and have it sort of be that cross between the Thunderbird body and that sort of kind of more typical offset look. Like, I, I mean, honestly, I think this is – this is what I'd end up going for because I've been – in the back of my mind – pondering a thunderbird for quite some time Mm. and just thinking like it it, because i've never actually owned one properly and i'd be like hmm why why haven't i but it feels like this this to me is kind of it just gives it that that kind of look because thunderbirds are such a speaking of marmite you know you're such a a marmite look where it's like is it cool or is it not cool? And I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell. Like most of the time, if it's like, this looks great, or you're just like, oh, you can't, I... like you're playing a Thunderbird. Yeah, exactly.
3: It's like, can I pull this off, or, you know, am I going to look like I'm in some cock rock band? I can never, I can, I can never work out which one of those two things it's going to be.
1: Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's great, you know, <laughs> and like, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I'd feel especially playing like a bunch of different kinds of stuff. Like I'd feel like sometimes, you know, like playing those where like where you see like, like a jazz bass fits in literally every, every situation you can play a jazz bass or a precision. And it sort of feels like this fits much more in that vein where it's just, it's just a classic look, but has all of the same vibe as a Thunderbird without just being, you know, without having it being, you know, as flipped as it is. But yeah, I, yeah. I think these are these are banging. <laughs> yeah, I think
3: that they look absolutely fantastic, and I agree. Like doing these interesting colours, especially when it's set net and you get all, uh, set neck, and you get the finish all the way up the back of the neck. It just looks fantastic. Yeah. I remember when they reissued these uh, a few when when we were all in 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 GAC uh, guys. They, they, these were reissued before in Pelham blue. And I think the other color was Sunburst that they were put out in before. must have been like 2013, something like that. Yeah. And and I thought they were great back then.
1: Well, and the thing then is, like, I think the Pelham Blue one, at least if I remember correctly, the Pelham Blue ones then had, like, black hardware and, like, black headstock. And where like, these ones all have, like, chrome hardware matching, you know, like matching color headstock with, you know, just a black truss rod cover. But it's like... And I, I think there, there's something about, like, the actual, like, the chromeness of everything just makes it feel, feel sort of more timeless and classic. And sort of, it looks like a bass that would stand the test of time that you could play 20 years ago or 20 years from now, probably. Yeah. You know, assuming there is a 20 years from now. But, <laughs> you know, like, but it just, it just sort of feels like, like, I I mean, it's just... It's really, it's really been impressive. And like Gibson's, usually not a brand that I've, you know, that I've, I've never really owned any Gibson stuff. And that being said, when I was young, I had like all the Gibson catalogs hung up, like, um, you know, hung up on <laughs> around my bed. You know, it's just like, it's like, ooh, look at the uh, Tennessee Gentle, you know, like Country Gentlemen's, and all these, and like things I didn't even care about. But just would like read through all the specs of everything Gibson. And like, yeah, I think this is the first thing that's really been that's that that's excited me it does um, a good job generally.
3: of of kind of crossing that th- like gibson uh, bases very much they're a bit like a bit like not the same as but a bit like hofner basses not in how they sound but in that they work with this one particular thing and if you're trying to branch outside of it and that's why fender basses and fender style basses will always be so popular is because the versatility is just boundless you know there's nothing that you can't apply them to and you know, you you just you get a bit hamstrung by the tone of a Gibson bass. This, I mean, I know it's it's tonally going to be the same as a Thunderbird, but it's visually much more acceptable by modern standards as well. I agree, the chrome pickups look fantastic. Someone posted on the on the Facebook group actually. Um, I think uh, that was Brandon. Yeah, Brandon Ivy posted yeah. um, a picture of Mike Watt with a single pickup. Um, yeah, totally bashed up version of this. Did you see that, Jay, at all?
0: No, it didn't.
3: No, it looked it. It was right up your street. Just a uh, really cool. He had yeah, just a yeah one chrome humbucker in the middle, Pelham blue, but absolutely wrecked with a handful of stickers on it as well. Very. very what's cool. the
0: um? Well, I I this is a bit of a blind spot in my uh otherwise vast and unending knowledge, but mm. um, what what's the history of the the non reverse? Because it's the same with vi- Firebirds as well. Like. You always see reverse Thunderbirds and reverse Firebirds. That's, like, the most popular of those models. But surely the non-reverse came first. Like, (laughs) why is the non-reverse... like? Because otherwise, why would it be called a reverse Thunderbird? Like, what... What, uh, do you know what the deal is with that? Like I, I mean, assume I, that they launched them first.
3: I I presume it is actually the the other way around, but these are called non-reverse simply because it's a more traditional shape. Like if you think about if you think about Fender as the industry standard of a of, of a guitar, you're going to have your um, your strap button over the 12th fret. And with the Thunderbird, your strap buttons, you know, way up there over sort of the 18th fret. Um, and just moving the body around makes it more Fender-esque. I've I really been... think the, the reverse ones came first. Yeah, no. Yeah.
4: Actually, so... Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Oh, here we go. Let, let's you're take... Shall we sit yeah. down,
3: Matt? I'll take sure. a seat.
4: Let's, uh, let's take classic wikipedia so you know pinch of <laughs> pinch of
0: salt here i mean Gib- i realized i could have looked this up whilst Gib- i was whilst you were talking gibson
4: but. thunderbird so introduced in 1963 as the gibson competitor to the precision oh. base that released 12 years earlier a oh. bit slow there chaps uh, no, uh, no, no. Well, 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 well,
3: well, that's already wrong i mean that's already wrong because gibson's, uh, gibson's competitor gibson released a base before fender released a base with the eb1
4: yeah, but I think they probably that probably got smashed by Fender. So I even. think what they say what <laughs> it's saying
0: cuz EB1 is a very specific Shape, you know, it's a, it's an SG. Whereas what? Man's oh no, no, no! It
4: wasn't.
3: It's a violin bass. It was a solid body violin bass that was oh, designed. Okay. It was designed to be played upright. So the, well, the, I mean, the, the original. Goes,
0: they wanted to release something that I think you, could, you could play yeah. the well, modern rock and roll. Well, that's it. The EB one you could play
3: either way. You you had
1: it had a telescopic pole that you could attach yeah, to I the mean, underside. I, I only Joe much, much, much like an that. effects pedal. Yeah. like you could put it on your board. Either way, yeah, <laughs> and it would be
4: <laughs> never. Um, so yeah, basically, it was designed by US auto designman Raymond H. Dietrich, who also designed for Chrysler, Lincoln, and Checker. There we go. Um, so basically, Oi. in 1966, Oi. Oi. Hey, I Yay. see you did there, <laughs> <Yeah>. bloody lovely. <laughs> In 1966, Gibson changed the Thunderbirds design and construction and the original Thunderbirds and Firebirds had a reverse body with the treble horn extended and the bass reset it's due to a lawsuit bought by Fender because of the resemblance to the Fender Jazzmaster. So the body styles were modified, the result being called the non-reverse uh the expensive uh oh yeah the expensive neck through construction was replaced by traditional gibson set neck construction the non-reverse thunderbird continued until 1969 when the thunderbird was discontinued though fewer non-reverse thunderbirds were shipped the original reverse body instruments maintain a high collector's value gibson started producing non-reverse thunderbirds again for the public in late 2012. Wow. Oh, so wow, that 2012 that was,
0: that... was the first time it was back.
4: God, I should have bought one back then. Yeah.
0: Crikey, I had no idea about that. I didn't realise they were discontinued. When you say they were discontinued? 69? 69.
4: 69, yeah.
0: Bloody hell. That is a really long time for that base to have been out of production.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that'd be right, well, let's go, let's go buy those, those <laughs> 2012 reissues before this airs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was also the Who's John
4: Entwhistle used a Thunderbird fours, yeah, from 1971 to 1974, but was dissatisfied with the neck. He bought yeah. several Thunderbird you know bases. About this? It's
3: called the Fenderbird. Yeah, tell
4: the story. And, atta- and attached uh, was discontinued and gutted them. He then had several bodies cut to the original shape, attached Fender precision next to them, and installed the salvaged hardware. The Thunderbird. Yeah. The Fenderbird,
3: the Fenderbird, yeah, which is exactly why Ashdown, I'm, because of course Entwistle worked so closely with Ashdown. That's why Ashdown made the low rider, which is a Thunderbird-style body shape with bolt-on neck, um, a jazz. So style
4: what we've learned here is Fender did it best, and then everyone's just tried to <laughs> basically no, make true. a better Fender base. That's no, that's that's not true.
0: I mean, I've said it many times. The. <laughs> the 57p base is the greatest invention of the 20th century. Uh, maybe the internet, maybe the internet. And I'm sure there's some sort of like medical stuff up there. Uh, I don't know when antibiotics were invented. I assume that's like the 1600s or something. I, don't, I actually don't know. I'm sure people are laughing at me now, but, um, um, but yeah, you know, in terms of music stuff, the, um, the, 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 The 57p base is the greatest invention of all time. There we go. You heard it here first. Sure, sure. Anyway, very cool. Penicillin was 1928. Sorry, mm, yeah. I, so, so not quite to sixteen hundred. So I'm, gu- I'm going to say I'm going to say that the the fifty seven precision base is the third greatest invention of the twentieth okay. century, Fair behind enough. penicillin and then the behind the internet I mean, and then penicillin. We
3: should pre- it should go fourth, and we should have the um, the status graphite model three. I think needs to go no, above the first the,
0: status yeah. quo record. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That anyway, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about um, let's talk about some effects pedals. Bruce at Audio Distribution Group is always fantastic at making sure we get um, some of the new stuff that he's distributing to try out, and he did me a big favour by getting uh, by getting me an Earthquaker Devices Astral Destiny, um, the new Earthquaker Devices pedal that's just been launched for Nam. This is absolutely right up our street. Map because this is so uh, let me find out what exactly they call this um, so they call it a modulated octave reverb pedal and um, what I'd call this is um, shimmer taken to the nth degree you know how shimmers normally just like an effect on a reverb pedal it's something you can add maybe there's a little preset for it maybe you can blend it in or even modulate that shimmer. This is like taking the concept of shimmer and exploring every avenue that it could possibly go down by giving you something like eight different kind of shimmer types. Now they're not always they're called like there's abyss shimmer, sub sub shimmer, astral, ascend, descend and cosmos. So they're all uh, differently named, but essentially what they boil down to is Eight different types of reverb with different styles of modulated octave. Whether that's above, below, and you know, just the what, what that, what the modulation's doing to those octaves as well. And then you can also save those presets as eight blank presets, so you can store your sounds and recall them via a rotary. So like an, an a click, a little clicking. I'm holding it in my hands. There you go. Oh, Look, that's that's very flick. satisfying. Good. It's very it's good. good very good. But then the the controls essentially are the length, which is always something you want to control, the depth, rate, <laughs> the tone, and the mix. But where this gets really exciting is the second foot switch, which is called stretch. And uh, the... The stretch let's see so what is what does it say that stretch does? Cause you know, I sort of this is what the stretch does. The stretch goes. Yeah, no, it
4: is really good. So it sort of does that.
1: Um it's I really yeah, hope it,
4: it doesn't do that because that was just <laughs> I'm, sorry,
1: I'm sorry. I mean <laughs> that bad. And that's that's what it says on the manual. Yeah. Um yeah. it's really interesting reading it because it's that was it, bang on, Jeff. It, bas- yeah, it basically
4: uh, it doubles the length of the reverb while adding an adjustable pitch bending effect. But you don't it's uh,
3: you can either hit it and it will it will stretch everything so pitch it down or you can uh, leave your foot anchored on it and it will slow dive that pitch and and bring it back up uh, slowly as well. Um so you know so you'd have to hit it twice to get it back up essentially. So you can have it sort of slow down slowly and speed up slowly based on whether or not you're pressing your foot switch, your foot on the on the pedal or not.
0: Almost like a uh, rotary. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Yes,
4: yeah, in that sense, because that's,
0: that's kind of like it's a you... ramp control essentially. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. I think it sounds great. I yeah. think um, I like the way it looks. Um, well, and- you know about the Let's artwork. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, uh, uh, that's what I was going to say, because the artwork is done by a Marvel comic book artist mm. uh, who I think has been mm. with Earthquake for quite some time, but Matt horrock who's done a bunch of stuff for Marvel. So cool. their graphics look so good.
3: Yes, yes, that is uh, that is true. But yeah, this is, you know, I mean, this is just another great pedal from Earthquake devices. And it's great that they're always trying to make something different. You know, they're, it's never just... Uh, an effect type with them they're always looking to um you know push soundscape sound crafty design via effects pedals to the next level and i really think they've nailed it with the astral destiny i i actually think they've kind of i know they've had pedals in between this but i kind of feel that they've brought it back in in line a little bit made made this one super functional like, do you remember the fuzz that they put out I, I, the name has temporarily escaped me the uh, the big the ridiculous sorry no
4: that sorry that was walrus um, oh
3: I mean
4: the, who can Google
3: it fast enough? Ooh, yeah.
4: Uh, the Which, data corrupter is what oh, I mean. Oh, that, well, that's more of a synth pedal than a I was, was going to say, that's not fuzz at all. Okay, fine. You, it's, it's, yeah,
3: it's a synth pedal. But it was madness. Yeah. It was madness. Like, it was, I really wanted to use it because it was so cool, and I just found it difficult to actually find an application for it. It, it was It was too far for me on that sort of sonic Insanity, but this is a perfect balance of being able to do crazy things, but still make them musical and useful. Um, so, yeah, I've got a lot of time for this. Astral Destiny, absolutely worth. I might upload I mean, some it's a weird sounds apart it's, from
4: anything else. Oh yeah, fantastic! It's a
3: strong name. It's a strong name. I might upload some some little video clips of me making things go.
1: It's uh, it's gonna be good. That's 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 just with your your mouth, just like mic straight in.
3: Oh yeah, no, I'm not talking about the Astral Destiny now. I'm just I just mean in general. Yeah, you know, I I might uh, I might just uh, just try and try and do that. (laughs) Okay. um, Well, anyway, let's uh, should we stay on the subject of pedals? We've talked about something new. Let's talk about something very old. Matt Knight. (laughs)
4: Yes, (laughs) let's talk actually about an. A pedal that I have really loved and I didn't even realize was discontinued and had to come back. I think actually the one that I remember seeing was a more modern version. But Tech 21 have bought back the Sans Amp Classic. So this is the original DI Amp and Speaker Sim that... Um, that kind of made Sansamp's name. I know, obviously, a lot of people know the bass one. This is um, a guitar version, and I believe this was the first one, designed by a Hungarian musician way back in 1989. Um, and the thing about this is, I believe it's all analog. This is before the days of kind of a lot of modeling. Um, so what's cool here is on the front, you have... Um, a bunch of dip switches and depending on which dip switches you select that's your character selection Um, and you can go anywhere from sort of clean sort of fenderish sounds to sort of more sort of um, full-on sort of british martial sounds Uh, and just really great for either Especially now with people running uh, pedal board amps or, or whatever, um, this you know you can go into this and then go straight into a mixing desk or you know um, an interface, um, or you could use it on your pedal board as your sort of um, you know as as some drive if you really really wanted to, um, but absolutely amazing for uh, obviously recording. Um, and as the as the press release says here, well, on one web page anyway, uh, where would the Strymon iridium mm. be without a sansamp? Oh, mm. Exactly that. Exactly mm. that.
3: I, I just can't believe they've brought this back. Like in a time in a time where everything is digital screens, and we'll talk about something with a digital touch screen shortly. But you know, in a time where everything is is trying to be the next best super modern macbook on the floor sort of thing the sans amp have just been like yeah it's just dip switches and we've printed the presets on the front of the pedal i
0: mean this looks like this it doesn't look like it's changed in (laughs) in in, in like you know (laughs) nearly 35 years it doesn't it doesn't look any different um this is basically
4: – because the, the, there was something like this in the catalogue available when we were at GAC, right, Yes, Matty? the Sansamp, and I was just double-checking. I wasn't going mad. The Sansamp GT2. Yeah, so the had, G- yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So level, high, low, and drive. And then you had three mic positions, three um, model positions, and three amp – or three mod positions, three amps. So California, British, Tweed, which could then be uh, sort of high gain, clean, or – uh, hot rod and then you could have on axis classic or off axis speaker um, microphone settings that's the sort of oh. gt2 that's been around for ages uh, and yes now you have um, obviously the classic so eight dip switches um, mid two mid boost low drive clean amp bright switch vintage tubes speaker edge close miking. Um, and I think for a while at one point there was a relict version I think there was a limited edition <laughs> relict version at some point <laughs> that is, um, but uh, yeah um, amazing Um <laughs> And I think the sound, I'm just on their website, sound examples. Please note, these sounds were created in her infancy back in late 90, early 91. Unfortunately, no records were kept of the Sands Amp settings, nor do we know what kind of guitars were used. We only know that the guitar tracks were recorded direct using a Sands Amp classic and standard audio outboard EQ and reverb equipment. Please note, Synclavier Programming by Bruce Nazarian. Why Um, didn't they just
3: record some new examples?
4: (laughs) Well... (laughs) You know. Or why? Why bother? Oh, You've already got the great ones in there. Um, just
1: have the club like there and just be like, look at this, this costs more than most people's homes.
4: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and in- included like a thousand page manual. <laughs> um so yeah, I I believe as well you can mix and match the dip switches. So I I think hmm. depending on Yeah, the character controls you know uh yeah, do not adjust during live performances. Uh, well, not designed to be during uh, live performances. So you can mix and match all of the different um, character controls to to make your own amp. So great for in a studio if you just want something that's quick and easy, not diving into plugins and the such. Um, this is great. I'm into it. I want one.
1: Yeah, me too. Like I, I mean, I I used to use these way back when they weren't vintage. <laughs> uh, and like there's just like there's really nothing like them in the fact that they they all are they're all analog and just getting like a good clean ampy feeling signal into like your daw and being able to reamp or chuck on whatever plugins you want to change potentially a bit later on like I it's yeah it's, there's it's such a such a good utility piece to have and it feels like this is the 100% right time to do it and it's sort of the it's the classic one that you've heard on you know countless studio recordings probably or live like loads of people have done this and it's like yeah there's boutique versions now and you know ones that do some stuff better but this just feels like well it works yeah you know? yeah and yeah
4: and, like, and you totally don't have to use it I was just uh it was just checking here and yeah, you can use it with guitar amps. You can go straight into, um, into a DAW or you can go into a PA, but I'm, I'm feeling this could be something wicked to have on a pedal board. If you want something to sort of like super versatile. Um, and then, you know, if you want to go into an amp, you turn up to a gig. If they ever happen again, you want to go into an amp, you can, or you can go straight into a, into a desk.
3: I, I am really into the fact that, that it can be used for, it says normal lead or bass,
4: right? So you can use it for bass. Mm. Yep. Doug Wimbish has provided a preset.
3: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And just, I,
4: it's quite exciting just to a have preset. it on a... On well, he's basically said, "Here's the settings I would use." Oh, okay, right. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, the old school presets. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like...
0: written in the
4: manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: But yeah, I mean, just just to have on on my desk is like a as something to record into. I just the the attraction of it being an all analog unit instead of you know instead of messing around with. With plugins and stuff is very attractive. It does, you know, it feels like you'd be getting the best possible quality sound. And I'm a, you know, a big fan of recording direct to to avoid having to deafen the neighbours. So this this looks like a great piece of equipment back from the dead. I'm actually yeah. very excited. Yeah, about it.
4: and um, I I just was just looking into it a little bit more. So there's uh on the side just trying to understand a couple of the controls there's a a switch that says lead normal or bass so very similar i think to how origin effects have built their eq so you can go into a desk or you know you can go uh you know into an amp uh you have lead normal and bass which basically one allows you to go into marshall style preamps one is designed for sort of Mesa boogie or more flat eqs and then bass uh which goes for sort of bizarrely more fender style preamps um so yeah depending on that you can set this and then uh, yeah you've got all the character controls bloody lovely really cool how does anyone know a price on this i haven't, um, I haven't looked it up i can't see one um anywhere but i'd imagine go with 250 yeah i think i'd say right.
1: i'd say that's that's probably top end. I would expect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Soundzamp
3: are always they're premiumly priced, but they're always you know it's still quite sensibly priced at the same time. Yeah,
4: I can't. I yeah. can't see many people no, listing the classic at the moment. Only the GT2, so mm. have yeah. to keep an eye out for it. But uh, we should find out who. See if we can get in touch with people oh, who distribute. Yeah. Them. I'd be very keen to try one.
3: Oh, I'm excited by this in a big way. Yeah, this is this is cool. This is my favorite thing from this podcast. Uh, that's.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. The I mean I mean the the thing the thing too, I know we're just sort of just to take a second here, is it's like with everyone doing so many remote things or sort of recording to then ship tracks to a studio at some point, you know, in the future potentially, like just having something like this like completely changes like how you'll play or how you enter like how it plays with your effects. Like it, it doesn't feel like, it's, like, such an important piece of kit that you don't normally think, like, oh, that'd be amazing to get. Because, you like, for me, it's, like, the Sans Ab is, like, everyone has one, like, bass players especially. And a lot of times they're used for, like, for their tone coloring. But just being able to, like, have that as a secondary option of, like, a, a flat, you know, like, load balanced everything is just such a... It's so important for being able to do anything later and being able to, like, change your mind on... Yeah guitar tracks like it's yeah i'm sure like everyone who mixes knows how invaluable it is to have a clean tone especially for bass but like for guitar like i because i use so many plugins as well like i love having just a clean like if someone sends me like a clean di channel as well because either i have or have access to really nice amps or i have extensive models you know (laughs) of whatever you know like amps i want to use so yes it's This, yeah, I'm very excited by this. Plus, it looks so cool. Like it looks like something yeah. you would just turn up to in like a studio in like '92 or something. You know, like all those like VHS videos we've seen are like, like some they recorded Rock School on this or something. Yeah, you know? and there needs like, to yeah. be yeah copies
3: of the movie Speed. There needs to be a Warwick somewhere, a Trace Elliot amp in the corner, probably.
1: You know, it's that's, or just an Aria Pro. <laughs> you know, like an Aria, an Aria Pro and like a Yamaha like bass rig. Yeah where you're like, that's a PA. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Well, that uh, that actually, that's that's all the time we've got for got on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, join us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for an entire extra episode every week. Now, we've got a handful of, uh, of things that we'd like to discuss. We're going to talk about Gibson's new lineup. I want to talk about this new screen Zoom multi-effects. So we're going to do that. Over there, but um, uh, yes, you can. Uh, you know, you you can become a patron and enjoy all that content. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar, you'll get this episode ad free and early every week. Five dollars will get you access to the Patreon special episodes and our entire back catalog. Ten dollars will get you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. You can find us on all your favorite social media platforms and join uh, the Guitar Neds group on Facebook. Uh, to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Cheers, gang. Bye. 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 Wax, Eric Ebba, Samuel Frost, Brian Einstein, Kevin Van Scott Matthews, Robert Basso, Simon Millward, Marcus al Catalani, Stuart Watson, Neil Milton, Christian Lund Hansen, Keith Adams, Ryan McDonald, Michael McVay, Eric file Andrew Good, Joe Public, Mary Peters, Richard Suber, Jack
0: Campbell, Ken Sayers, Adrian Day, Abe Matthews, Kate the band, Sean Arbo, John Anglin, Robert Gould, Tucker Amigo, Andy Cooper, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Burke, Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Jake Gray, Scott Kennedy, Blake Weiland, Christopher Loster, Hans Amms, Derek Rich, Rob Lordwick, Steve Burke, Jamie Short, Grant Page, Andy McKenzie, Robert Smith,
2: Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, Boo Cray.